0: Welcome into the show. It is the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. Dan Claskins, James Adams coming at you. Episode four, fantasy consistency matters. Consistency and fantasy. What is it? We're going to tackle that today. We're also going to tell you the players that are really, really ca- consistent. Those that aren't the ones you can count on and talk how we can weave it all into your strategies. Insiderfootball.com. That's our website. That's not only where you can find the podcast whenever you want to listen, but you can also find the best tools in the industry, our fantastic Draft Advisor software. Go get you a complimentary trial of it right now. Take it for a test drive. You can start mocking in minutes and doing everything you need. And We've got a great deal going on right now with Thrive Fantasy Sports. We're going to talk about in just a minute. And, man, here we go. We're coming your way here the second week of August now and really just about a month away before the NFL season's in full swing. Now is the time to draft. Now is the time you win. And James, that's why we're here, man. That's why we did this podcast. 10 episodes coming in August. We're excited to have the new podcast. Have some regular season stuff to talk about a little later that people are going to like too. But uh consistency, quality starts is what we refer to in the Fantastics tool. And it's a topic today that we're really looking forward to diving into.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And here's the deal when you talk consistency. And, you know, this is this could be, hey, the best ball versus season-long talk. Because consistency in best ball is not that important. Can I have fact,
0: $5 for every time we might say this? Sure, but right, right this is
1: like the particular point where, where it really matters, right? Because I almost want inconsistent players in best ball. And I want the exact opposite in season-long for the most part, particularly early in my drafts. But you're right, as as, as big as best balls have, be, have become, and you and I have begotten, begotten, we have gotten more and more into them. No doubt it's become more of a prominent conversation piece for everybody. But you got to say, in consistency, I mean, this is really when the difference between a guy's ADP on a BB10 versus his ADP elsewhere could be, be monumental. And this is, I, I think, really the, the, the hinging point between – where those guys are good in one format versus the other.
0: Yeah, I think that is well said. and Format is certainly part of the discussion today. I think another topic I want to really tackle and get into a little bit on the matter is how you build a roster, a balanced approach to the way you even look at the roster using some of this data. And we'll talk a little bit more about it. We're going to dive into each position today, tell you some players that you really need to know about on both sides of the spectrum and offer our takes on what that means for their 2021 outlook and ultimately when and where you should draft them at in your drafts. And you can check out our projection on over 900 players, all the content you need to win in 2021 at your hands. And right now you can get it all for free. We're going to give you the normally $70 Fantastics touchdown package. All you got to do is make a $20 first time deposit on thrive fantasy and you'll get the touchdown package, plus a $20 credit on Thrive Fantasy. You can use their credit to enter a Thrive Fantasy contest and win even more cash using your free Insider Football tools. This is a $90 value for a $20 deposit. All you need to do is visit InsiderFootball.com. Click on the sign-up link to see the details of the offer, and you'll get your free 2021 Fantastics Draft Advisor. Go to InsiderFootball.com. All right, James. So let's get into the the over thing, as I said to the other thing I was going to layer before we start diving into players was the idea of this balanced approach to the way you build your roster. So just because a player isn't as consistent, doesn't necessarily mean they don't have fantasy value. or You should avoid them. What you want to avoid is having a team full of these types of players in a format where you have to actually pick your starters. So for me, For every Deshaun Jackson type, you know maybe he's an outdated example of this. Uh, Let's use Tyler Lockett as an example. And for every Tyler Lockett on your football team, you might want to sort of parlay them up with, uh, you know, a a guy that is a little bit more consistent over his career, and a guy you know that can get it done uh, more on a weekly by week basis. And you know, I, I think that is what we're looking for. And we're going to tell you who those players are at each position and which ones you should know about. And as I mentioned, James, quality starts, let's set the tone there because there's so many metrics right at your fingertips, right inside the software. One of my favorite ones, the quality starts. And for listeners new to the show, explain how we use this and, and what it is measured by basically.
1: So quality starts is pretty self-explanatory to an extent obviously it's a start that was quality what makes it quality well it's better than the average performance at that position in a given week so if you're a quarterback you get a quality start if you're better than half the starting quarterbacks in a given week same thing goes at the other positions too so the the quality start can be a great indicator sometimes you know and it did an opening week of the nfl if you have a quality start it doesn't mean for certain that it was a starting caliber but if it was a top 16 start then it was still very close to the edge of starting and it was good enough it didn't submerge your 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 day so a quality start doesn't mean it was a it was a weak winner what it definitely means is it was not a weak loser
0: yeah very well said my friend all right so let's dive in we'll go position by position look at quality starts and obviously the bigger the position the you know more guys that are in the top half right uh mm-hmm. so Quality starts a little tougher to come by and thinner positions, perhaps, Uh, you know, at least in terms of the number of people in the pool. Now let's talk about Patrick Mahomes because we all know he's sort of the, the model of excellence at quarterbacks. And just to sort of put it in perspective, you know, in 2020 Patrick Mahomes, 15 games during the regular season, 14 quality starts Uh, in his breakout season of 2018, 16 games, 15, 15 quality starts and even in 2019 when he's a little uh, injured there and had the stuff going on still 10 quality starts 14 games so just putting that out there to kick it off just to show you like all right if he's that good like that and we all know that then let's see what everybody else looks like now last season James number two going into this season was a guy Josh Allen and certainly an unbelievable season he had a year ago and that said, still just 11 quality starts in 16 games, right? Uh, which is interesting. And the year before that, nine quality starts in 16 games. So definitely saw some progress. And 11 out of 16 is still pretty good. I'm not like saying it's bad, but the idea is, is that the, with Alan, maybe had some more duds in there, some bigger games to get to that level to a production. But as we work our way down the list and get a little bit off of things, What quarterbacks stick out to you as guys that mm, consistency is something we need to worry about?
1: Um, Well, actually, I'd said I wanted to say first and foremost, guys who we don't have to worry about just because he's right there after Josh Allen is Dak Prescott, who in 16 games in 2019 had 12 quality starts, three of his four because he had five last year, but one was cut very short with quality starts. So, guy, he has been the model of consistency if he can be healthy. Um, Now, you want to talk about guys who's been kind of the opposite last year, Ben Roethlisberger kind of that same story. We're used to this guy giving us about half of season of quality starts, whether it's the home road splits, which it usually is big Ben in 2020, he started 15 games. Seven of those were quality starts. He just consistently is inconsistent if that's even possible, but yet, it is. You, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, you, you know, it
0: gets frustrating. And one of the things is you go, we go through the guys like big Ben and some others we're going to throw in there. Uh, the The whole, Oh, I'm waiting on the whole uh, wait on quarterback theory, which I get it. I, I'm not saying it's, it's bad philosophy. And I mean, I understand nobody wants to pay a third round pick to get a quarterback, but when you do wait on a quarterback and maybe your idea is like, Oh, I'll wait on quarterbacks. I'll just draft two after, you know, outside the top 10. Getting those inconsistent dudes in the lineup, you're like, oh, I'll get the matchups right. I'll get the matchups right. Well, the matchups don't always work out. (laughs) Ben Roethlisberger Matt Ryan. Last year, I had those two guys on my couch potato football team, James. And you would look at their stats and be like, oh. You were okay. But I swear, it didn't matter which one I started, the guy on the bench would have the big week. And Matt Ryan's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. 16 games, seven quality starts. Oh, and now he lost Julio Jones. Do we think that's going
1: up, James, or down? Um, I would say that's going way down. The only way he has more quality starts is if he throws 30 interceptions and he goes full Jameis Winston. They're all pick sixes, and you only lose one point for that IIT. And he's back, you know, and his offense is on the field for 45 minutes. Like, that's the only way that goes up.
0: We talked about Derek Carr in our last episode. Uh, somebody in our – when we were looking at episode three, which if you missed, you should go back and listen because it was a good one. Draft Advisor versus ADP that we released earlier this week. Well, Derek Carr was a name we, we pointed out the software really liked. And you know why one of the reasons we liked him, James? Because he had 10 quality starts in 16 games last year, right? He wasn't always exceptional. I mean, didn't really finish up there, you know, with top five week very often. But he steadily was above average. Mm-hmm. And based off his ADP, the software flagged him up there. And guess what? I mean, this Raiders team, it's got Darren Waller. Darren Waller by himself can give a quarterback a quality start. So mm-hmm. I get the receiving cores a little weak. I like the fact they added a Drake in the passing game. I only see Carr, you know, having, you know, right back in that same range. Now, of course, the year before, seven quality starts, 16 games, 2018, four quality starts in 16 games. So last year down the stretch alone, five quality starts in his last eight contests. So lots of things to like there. Anything else really catch your eye at the quarterback
1: position? Yeah. Actually, one that absolutely, I think, is great to pair with Derek Clark. Not to pair as far as drafting them together, but guys with similar ADP, Baker Mayfield. How many quality starts did he have last year? Four? Derek Carr had 10. You know what the difference between the two is? Like, I think I'd probably rather have Baker as my quarterback. The difference is what the offenses do. Understanding what the teams are going to do. Because it's going to be really easy for you to get Baker Mayfield 125 passing yards, even if he gets you two touchdowns, it's still probably not getting to the quality start level. He's not going to run the ball too much, doesn't have to. He can a little, bit. he's capable, but they're never going to call the run for him. So he, if you look at what Carr is going to have to do, it's probably play from behind, dump the ball off. So if you're, if you're going to wait for quarterback, at least understand what you're doing and get a guy whose situation makes sense. You're going to get more quality starts out of Derek Carr. He's going to be more consistently reliable as a fantasy player you, you're not going to get that from a guy like Baker Mayfield, and I bring them two together because they're guys who I think we would agree have pretty solidified starting quarterback jobs. If you're in a super flex, though, those guys are going off the board at similar times. Gosh, I'd much rather have Derek Carr, the guy who's going to be throwing the ball a lot more.
0: Yeah, fair point. Daniel Jones, another guy in that range. I mean, James, we're looking at last two years, 27 games started. It's just six quality starts in 27 games. That's just uh, right there alone. It's like, I get it. The O-line stinks and all this. I know they had a lot of injuries during part of that span, but you want to know why Giants fans are a little nervous about Daniel Mm -hmm. Jones? Yeah, he's throwing a few fantasy dandies in there as well. Just enough to show you a glimpse of what might lie ahead, only to tease you back down there. (laughs) Tua Tagovailoa. Another guy here this year, uh, seven games last year, seven games mustered just one quality start. Now, some of those games are in relief, so uh, it's not a true measure, but still, in all of his starts, just one quality time, one start of his whole rookie year, did he finish in the top half of fantasy productions? It's easy to see why his ADPs fall. Now, I'm not ready to write off Tua yet myself. I'm not, I'm not going to bet on him to, to like nail it down. I, I still think that he's got a chance here. So I'll give him one more season, but that wasn't what I wanted to see out of him as a rookie, and I think most Dolphins fans would agree. All right, let's move it over to running back because mm, running back's an interesting position when it looks at quality starts, James, because I feel like quality starts often have to do with scoring touchdowns. Uh, but when you put it in PPR context, you know, there are some differences there, but you certainly start seeing guys that don't score as many touchdowns have a few more weeks where maybe they disappoint, but overall still some interesting trends. And let's, by, let's start by looking at some of them upper, upper RB ones, you know, top 10 running backs before, you know, before I already know the answer, but before you even really take a deep stab at it of the top, let's say, you know, Ten running backs on our board for this season that you know, you know, from a year ago. Who do you think has the fewest quality starts
1: of the top ten from a year ago? The fewest quality starts. Well, Barkley because he was hurt.
0: Well, I mean, as I said, besides the guys that were injured or rookies. Okay. Okay. It you know, uh, has well, some. It da- right? has some data.
1: Ooh. It should be pretty easy for you because we've talked to Zeke Elliott,
0: right? Okay. Zeke Elliott. And I mean, he wasn't as dinged up as his line and his quarterback and the rest of his team. But, you know, here's the guy, five quality starts, 15 games. OK, we're going to write that off uh, as sort of an epiphany, right? I mean, there, there was a lot of variables. So it's an mm-hmm. instance where you can't just rely on the metric to go off, you know, th- that alone. There's context to it. So the point I'm trying to make it for people out there actually going over and using the tool. But you look at Zeke in the previous two seasons, 11 out of 16, 10 out of 15. That's in line with where we expect him to be this year. That's why he's RB6, okay? So that one makes sense. Austin Eckler is another interesting cat because he did play in 10 games last year. And while he did have his share of injuries, including in a couple of those contests, James, everybody and their brothers on Eckler as a top 10 rb and especially PPR formats. And I'm not like arguing against it, but his lack of touchdowns is what I was getting to here. Mm -hmm. It leads to some really rough spots. And I just don't want that with my first round pick three quality starts in 10 games, even in 2019 when he was lighting up the fantasy world, nine quality starts in 16 games. And in 2018, three quality starts in 14 games. This guy's got 14 quality starts in his last 44 games, and there's people drafting him with a top eight or nine pick. That's what I have a problem with.
1: I can't argue with that. I think there are people who are just expecting more upside in that offense because it's Herbert's second year, but I can't argue with that. I mean, if you like Allen and you like Mike Williams to score some touchdowns, Herbert, as we know, can run the ball a little bit, and Eckler's not really a goal-line pounder. Although I've got to say his 4.6 yards per carry doesn't make me scared. His 400 yards receiving, I mean, I see the whole upside, but you're right. The touchdowns largely have not been there outside of that one season in 2019. And that, I mean, that makes a huge difference, right? And that's why the
0: thing is in PPR, it all works out, but at the end of the day, he's still in there's guys in half point PPRs that I don't think are dropping him far enough down their board here. When you're looking at guys, I mean, just right here in our projections, I mean, Nick Chubb, we're projecting 12 touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins, 14. Antonio Gibson, 11. All rushing touchdowns. Uh, Just four rushing touchdowns for Eckler. Three receiving. We're giving him seven total touchdowns. But James, the next player on the board at running back that's projected with seven or fewer touchdowns, we have to go all the way down to Miles Gaskin. Our RB20 to get to that fewer touchdowns than we've got projected for Eckler. So it's all banked on the receptions and and everything. And sure, we're, we're talking 81 re- receptions we're projecting him for, which is phenomenal. It's almost Christian McCaffrey's projection. And he's the number one overall pick, but it's without the benefit of the touchdowns. And that's why Austin Eckler, just a flag there for me. Uh, James, in terms of... Other, as we go a little bit deeper down the board, anything standing out to you in that RB2 range of running backs?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm trying to look at guys with quality starts, and you see Kareem Hunt was six last year. And we talk a lot about the potential upside. Obviously, in 2018, the nine quality starts, you know, before things changed for him. We talk about a guy who has ability to be a game-breaking player who also fits in a situation which, unlike uh, Baker, makes him a guy to, to look after. It's troublesome to invest that much in a guy who's not the first running back off of the board in his own team there, but a guy who's able to put up six quality starts in that kind of setup, again, the, the sky's the limit for him if Chubb were to go down, but it's an if. It's not a guarantee, and you know, there's no guarantees with with really anybody who's an RB too. I could say this, Daryl Henderson with those four quality starts last year, doesn't have cam Akers in the way. Those four quality starts are kind of, they're certainly not like a, a, a green flag saying, Oh, Hey, look at me. But that's enticing considering the fact that the guy who took all those plays away from him are not in the fold anymore.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. I think when you look at the consistency too, I mean, touchdowns we mentioned are in there, but the other thing you have to look at is like, who else is in the backfield with these guys, right? Uh, you know, what, what is the distribution? Cause necessarily carries don't necessarily automatically lead into quality starts, but does lead in opportunities, which leads into fantasy stats and uh, you know, how they're used in certain situations. I mean, you talk about, oh, we don't want nobody wants to have a running back for the Texans. Cause I think the Texans are going to get blown out. Well, which of the Texans running backs going to be most involved in the passing game. Oh, that's easy. It's going to be David Johnson, right? Uh, well, you would assume at least. You think so, right? Yeah. So, and you know, last year it wasn't terrible. Eleven games, five quality starts. Now, granted, I understand that was with Deshaun Watson at under center, but you know, I mean, I don't think it's that unexpected to think that David Johnson couldn't, you know, produce another. You know, let's say he plays sixteen games this year, maybe he he gets you seven quality starts. You weren't even counting on just because you know he's involved as this receiver as a team that's always playing from behind. David Montgomery, here's an interesting player, down the stretch last season, this guy was a league winner, James. I mean, as the Fantastics draft advisor points out in one of its many player notes inside the tool, he had an outstanding 2020 campaign, finishing with 265 fantasy points, fourth best at his position, and the best of it came in the second half of 2020 when he finished with six quality starts in his last seven games. Good enough for 23.1 fantasy points per game and 4.8 yards per carry. Now, that's going to be different, difficult to replicate, but definitely he is the lead dog in this backfield. Last season, he saw 71% of the snaps. You got Cohen, uh, Tariq Cohen, I know, is still battling injury. Damian Williams sort of in the fold, so maybe that spread it around. But volume in his case, especially down the stretch against a favorable schedule, translated into fantasy success so it's no surprise i mean only one game in his last seven of the second half there where he didn't have that quality start like i said he was a league winner and that's a big step up because in 2019 in 16 games just four quality starts for the bears running back
1: yeah no doubt and i mean let's be serious we get a change under center you get fields under center opening that offense creating a little bit of uh Uh, uncertainty by the linebackers to which way to move that could only open things up for Montgomery in a backfield that looks like he should have all those touches. And I think an offense that should be run by fields. I don't know if it's more electric. I think it's more open. I think it's easier for Montgomery to find holes and look at the change. I mean, look at the yards per carry and how much that changes how the quality starts go 3.7 in 2019. Then in last year it was 4.3, but in that second half where it really took off, the yards per carry went all the way up to 4.8. Could be similar to that with some catches with fields under center opening things up.
0: No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Looking at some of these backfield battles, one of the I think is interesting is in Tampa Bay where it's like, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it, it definitely it's either going to be Jones or Fournette mostly. I mean, I know they got Bernard and some other pieces, but I mean, last year – and. Fournette got hot in the playoffs, so the Fantastics tools, we're only pulling in the regular season data here, so it's hard for us to uh, put that into perspective. But just looking at you know what fantasy owners were using last year, 12 games for Leonard Fournette, just two quality starts. Ronald Jones, he was a little dinged up. He only played 13 games, but five quality starts, James. Jones, when healthy, It was his backfield, and Fournette was the complementary piece. Right now, these guys blended ADP on Jones' is round 709. Fournette is 704. Going back to our projected value, I mean, we're thinking Fournette's more 10th round value. Jones is right at his mid-7th round value. So he's worth the price. People are overpaying for Fournette, and I think the software, a lot of that basis is coming off these quality start percentages.
1: Yeah, and I get it. I mean, we know Leonard Fournette's capable, but it does seem like this is the Ronald Jones backfield. And that was the word that Arians put out there was that's what it would be last year. And that really was the case until it had to be as it's been put playoff Lenny in the playoffs. But I will go back to Jones if that's the way it happened. The thing is, I think both look, they we both know they're great runners who could absolutely dominate a game and they could dominate the season if they get the backfield alone. But Jones is the guy who was given more of those opportunities and, I think he's the guy, as the software points out, and as I would agree, is the guy to take first.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you look at those next-gen stats The show they made the most of those opportunities. They averaged 1.1 yards per carry, more than expected. Similarly, in third-down situations, which we're going to talk about third-down indicators in an upcoming episode of the podcast, he averaged an impressive 4-point yards per carry, so... What holds Jones back is that red zone success rate, only 15%. If he can improve down in that range of the field, he certainly could take a step forward. But it is a crowded situation. And offense it also has plenty of passing targets. So definitely not looking at him for more than an RB3. But if you're asking me, it's mid-round seven. I need my RB3. Both backs from the Bucks are on the board. I'm going Ronald Jones. James is going Ronald Jones, and so is the Fantistic's Draft Advisor. Hey, speaking of that Fantistic's Draft Advisor, if you want to check out more of these players we're talking about, you can go over to insiderfootball.com, check out the complimentary trial there. But, James, let's move over to wide receiver. And now, to me, this is actually my favorite position to sort of look at quality starts. And I think it is because, you know, most of my fantasy teams, I'm going six if not more receivers. And James, I'm not just talking basketball here. I'm talking season long and just regular old school fantasy football. When I build my receiving court, that's where I really focus on that sort of mix and match balance approach I talk about where I got my home run hitters. I got my steady Eddies. And I think when you look at these quality starts, it's a good way to, to get that balance of boom or bust with the guys I can count on. So Let's look at first some uh, maybe reliable targets. And I always say fantasy consistency at receivers, the difference between wide receiver one and wide receiver two, wide receiver two and wide receiver three and so forth down the board. So let's just go sort of through the thick of it and uh, let's talk about some guys that
1: uh, stand out to you, at least from those upper echelon receivers. I think the first thing that stood out to me was DeAndre Hopkins' yardage total in 16 games was 1,400, and yet the quality starts went down, and probably from 10 to 9, so let's not act like it wasn't a good season for him, but he only had, what, six touchdowns last year, and so there maybe is a case where you're like, a little bit surprising, but again, 9 isn't bad. I mean, the other guys like Devontae Adams had 11, Tyreek Hill had 12, so the 9 isn't terrible, but I think you get to guys at the bottom of what uh, we look at as a wide receiver one tier Robert Woods surprisingly only seven quality starts last year and that's where I have to wonder you know does the defense being so good hamper the value of those Rams receivers just a little bit and then of course the fact that there are two very good ones but you get that a lot in most offenses
0: wow that's an interesting point uh you know you don't really think about the ripple effect of, you know, we talked a little bit about it with playing and running back on a bad football team, but a wide receiver on a team with a stellar lockdown D could be something there, but it you notice it didn't really wreck our projection because Woods is a player that we've identified as certainly, uh, you know, a guy that we think could be a back end wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another receiver. I'm a big fan of Terry McLaurin, who has had, A variety of guys throwing him the football in his short career, uh, many of which aren't going to be playing, uh, at least starting in the league (laughs) this season. But James, despite all that, not only did he turn out his first uh, 1,000-yard season last year, he scored the seven touchdowns as a rookie. and I mean, seven quality starts in 14 games as a rookie six and 14 last year despite the mess at quarterback and the fact he was hobbled now he gets a guy like ryan fitzpatrick who what do we know about ryan fitzpatrick he likes going to his wide receiver ones i mean in his best at uh time in miami his most recent stop, look what it did for Devonte parker right mm-hmm. uh i think terry mclaurin's in for big things and the fact that he had half quality starts with the myriad of poor quarterback play that he's played with here in his first two seasons. Not that Fitzpatrick's a future Hall of Fame or anything, but by far uh, the most you know prolific passer he's seen in his short NFL career. So McLaurin, a guy out there. A.J. Brown, we were a little bit down on the software side of things, but, I mean, nine quality starts in 14 games. Last year, a big step up from his 6-16 six and 16 as a rookie. Yeah, and it's
1: interesting because, again, it's just about how – close a quality start could be or not be and then you look at the numbers his receiving yardage went up 25 yards his touchdown total went up two that's 12 13 14 and a half points right the receptions went up 20 just roughly so depending your setup maybe that's like 30 points that was the difference for three quality starts though in the entirety of the season so the small margin but those extra touchdowns just help you get you over the hump a little bit and Again, like McLaurin, Brown going into his third year. I understand that that's not such a thing as it used to be, but for McLaurin, I think it's not only being stepping into the third year, but this is the first year where he'll step into an offense that's has an identity, a team that has an identity. Interesting to say that for a team that just changed names, but they really seem to be the front runner in that division, and and they have the identity of a a big tough, mean physical team. So I think that's a good thing for McLaurin for Brown. We'll see what it means. I mean, you know, I know that we've talked to people who think that it opens the offense up for him a little bit. Uh, Dan, you want to talk about a guy that gets quality starts though. Keenan Allen, nine quality starts and 13 starts last year. He seems like the guy with Justin Herbert under center. That is a great value here at the end of the fourth round, middle of the fourth round, whatever it will be if you want to mess around with a build that doesn't start with a receiver in the first three rounds and you can get Keenan Allen in the fourth round as your wide receiver one, there's a lot of consistency right there.
0: No doubt about it. And you were talking about AJ Brown before Keenan Allen. Let's talk about his new teammate, Julio Jones, obviously in a new setting, but feels like fantasy owners have been extra overly frustrated with Jones in the last year or two. And, who knows what to expect as he moves to Tennessee. I think it's going to be uh, interesting indeed, but James and just take games last year, five quality starts 10 and 15 the year before that 12 out of 16 the year before that Julio has been the model of consistency in this offense though, with a new quarterback with AJ Brown on the other side and with Derrick Henry, the focal point. Do you think that we might actually see Julio Jones have a, a season where he has less than half quality starts or, is this
1: a guy that, yeah, the ceiling might not be what it used to, but we can still count on that floor. I think this is a year where Julio Jones, if he starts 16 games, we'll just keep it even, even though there will be 17. If he gets eight quality starts, I'd be surprised. I mean, where do you see Do you see him dominating the ball around the goal line? Not that he's ever done that, but do you see him doing that here? All of a sudden, I don't most assuredly not. Do you see him being the dominant force that demands 100 catches, 150 targets like he did when he was a consistency monster in Atlanta? I don't think so, right? A.J. Brown's going to get those balls. Uh, Derrick Henry's going to get those handoffs. I just don't – I don't see him giving you 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns, which is what it's going to take for you to get – Maybe not. that would get you 10 quality starts more than likely, or 11. I don't think he's getting to eight, though. No, sir.
0: We picked on Tyler Lockett in the opening. Looking at the Seattle receivers, where we know the whole offense sort of sputtered in the second half, Lockett is the poster boy for Boomer Bust. Five quality starts in 16 games last year. But in the previous two seasons, James, eight out of 16 and 10 out of 16. So wasn't quite as bad over the last three-year window there. Conversely, his teammate, D.K. Metcalf, we all agree is the better one to own, and we saw that last year. 10 quality starts in 15 games, but just three quality starts in his last eight, as I said, they sort of faded down the stretch. That offense just really can't support two receivers being consistently quality, and I don't think that's going to change this year. But do you see a scenario where Metcalf is more of a boom and bust candidate too because of the basically the same system and what we expect them to want to do the ball or are we going to see a guy that is really ready to make that another step forward because as
1: a rookie he just had six quality starts in 16 games the expectation as he takes the next step forward he is a monster i mean his dad played o line in the nfl yeah. and he has well, the body I mean, the of stat it.
0: line's going to be great the guy passes the eyeball test but yeah. is he a dude that
1: Why finish in
0: the top, let's say, even 10 more weeks than he won't.
1: I think so. Maybe top 10 is asking a lot, but top 15 to top 20, which makes him a quality start, yeah. And the reason I think so is because he's such a big physical presence that he demands that first down catch. He demands that big play on third down that you'd be a fool not to try and use that big-bodied guy who's also a freak with speed so I think so, just because Lockett, you can find a mismatch. Metcalf is a mismatch in every sense of the word. I mean, you can't guard him with a linebacker. And I just don't think there's, I mean, I'm sure there's a safety out there that would take umbrage to the statement, but yeah, I got to find too many safeties that can guard him. And if they can, I don't know that they can keep the pace with them. So yes, I think they find a way to keep him more heavily involved and the three out of eight quality starts in the second half. I think that number goes up.
0: Brandon Ayuk displayed quite a bit of consistency as a rookie last season, eight quality starts in 12 games, including four in his last five before he battled some injuries down the stretch. But James, if Debo Samuel comes back and things progress with the backfield being, you know, having a few more weapons in it and such, I mean, is that a lot to ask for Ayuk to, I mean, stretch that out over to 16 games. I mean, you're basically talking 66%. I mean, Do you think he's got 10 quality starts in him over the full season, maybe even 11 or with the addition of Samuel to the mix and some of the other pieces, maybe we'll see that percentage taper off a bit.
1: It would require Debo and Kittle missing multiple games for that to happen. I don't think with a team that I think will still try to run the football, the defense, not bad, right? I mean, this is a team that's not that far removed from playing in the Super Bowl. Um, well, a little bit, but not that far removed. I mean, I do think that this is a team that is still going to run the football a lot. And so, no, with Kittle and Debo both in the mix, if they all play, I can't see Ayuk getting more than
0: yeah.
1: eight, seven quality starts. One
0: thing he has in his favor is his success in the red zone. I mean, just last year, red zone opportunities had a 40% red zone success rate. Should see a substantial increase in target over his 97 from a season ago as well. This all according to the draft advisor. All right, let's finish it up with tight ends here. And I think this is interesting because, man, there's the tight ends, they get in the top half of it. It's like, okay, I mean, how impressive really is it when you get down there? But James, I mean, when you look at how many more fantasy points that Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle are projected to score in the software compared to even TJ Hawkinson. Mm -hmm. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, a guy that we're all high on. Let's even go down to Kyle Pitts. We're projecting 179 catches for Kyle Pitts. We're projecting 280, or excuse me, 179 fantasy points. I'm I'm off the, the, 179 fantasy points for Kyle Pitts is what I was getting at in PPR. 284 for Kelsey, 253 for Kittle and Waller. So even that Kyle Pitts, TJ Hawkinson, you know, 187 for Hawkinson, you're getting so much more production. So the quality starts on all these guys are going to be good though, because they're ranked up against there, but just to display how amazing Travis Kelsey, especially these last two seasons has been in 14 games a year ago, 13 quality starts, 16 games a year before that 14 quality starts. So In his last 30 games, he's only managed not to get a quality start three times. And that is something you can't find at any player, at any position.
1: No, and that's what makes him a uh, viable first-round pick. And I told you I'm giving him consideration with the ninth overall pick in one of our high-stakes drafts this weekend. Uh, You just – look, you can say what you want about the floor, but his floor is just so much higher that – His floor is basically a quality start. That's why you take him number one overall. Meanwhile, some other floors out there uh, are absolute no-shows, and that's where you get into the difference of the tiers with those top three guys because it's not just Kelsey. I mean, look at Kittle. When he plays, I'm going to take out 2020. 2019 and 2018, he had 11 quality starts in each of those seasons. Darren Waller, he had 11 quality starts last year too. And then you get the Mark Andrews a guy who had nine the previous year, seven last year, you know, there's a difference of four games where you got return value. And then some from Darren Waller that you didn't get from Mark Andrews that you didn't, that you got from Kittle previous year.
0: And you look at a stud, like Dallas Goddard, a guy that you always talk up and hype out your mid round tight end. And they'll be focused on a little bit more this year. I realize Ertz is leaving. So there's some buzz there, but dude, he's only got 15 quality starts over the last three seasons combined. So over his last 39 games, we're looking at 15 quality starts. That's not a great hit rate for a guy you like, right? I mean, because we know Goddard's not going to do it every single week. And and a lot of it goes down to touchdowns again. That's why a guy like Robert Tanyan, Mr. Uh, Touchdown himself, I mean, 10 quality starts, 14 games. This guy had an absurd 88% completion rate last season His 3.3 fantasy points per target. The highest we've seen recorded by a tight end with over 50 targets and his 55% red zone success rate, 11 TDs. That was what it was all about. If the targets and yardage numbers pick up the TD numbers, they'll be tough to replicate, but maybe it can offset it. So that's why we're still projecting him as back end tight end, but there's some context because I'm looking at, all right, 10 quality stars in 14 games. Yeah, because he gets he gets the ball in the end zone, and ultimately that's what scores your points in fantasy leagues. James, new f- yep. snooze flash, find guys that score touchdowns.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about it, and that's what uh, you know. That's what you really want from your tight end, and it's become a much more involved position over the years. Right? We've talked about how it's gone from being a subsidiary to the receiving position to being its own position. But yeah, you want to find touchdowns in the, at the tight end position, and that's again. I mean, I know it's. One guy, but that is what makes Travis Kelsey an absolute stud. 11 touchdowns. He only had six in 2019. Ten touchdowns in 2018. And Man, but he only had six in 2018 or 2019. He still got you those 14 quality starts. That's just the absolute difference. I will say this, though. You pointed out Robert Tanya and that unreal reception rate. He's got an incredibly accurate quarterback. So if anyone would would replicate that rate, it would be Rodgers to someone.
0: Fair point on that fair points made all around. And man, you want to check this out for yourself, go get the fantastic draft advisor. You can get it for free right now. That's right. If you missed it earlier, you can get the normally $70 fantastic touchdown package for free. A $20 deposit on thrive fantasy will get you the touchdown package. Plus a $20 credit on thrive fantasy. You can use the credit to enter thrive fantasy contest. When even more cash using your free insider football tools, this is a $90 value for a $20 deposit all you need to do is visit insiderfootball.com, click the sign up link to see the details of the offer, and get your free 2021 Fantastics Draft Advisor. Be sure to go to Insider Football 2. That's where you can find our podcast here, the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Fantastics, at Dan Claskins, at James Adams 94. James four episodes down man uh it's been lots of fun next week uh we're gonna knock out two more third down indicators inside
1: the red zone topics i know you're already chomping at the bit about i love me some third down man that's when it's on the line so yeah i mean i don't know about you uh but my memories of playing football a lot of them are about third downs the other team didn't get or a third downs we did to keep moving the chains that's where i mean that's where games are won that's where players get three more opportunities to get more fantasy points for you. So I do love me some third downs and you just said touchdowns are what gets the job done in fantasy. Well, that's red zone hit rate, baby. So that's what we're going to get into.
0: Yeah. And who's getting the looks in the red zone. That's what I want to know too. Be sure to check out that, check out James and our uh, buddy Skeeter Robinson with the, my fantasy fix golf podcast as well. And of course, check us out weekend mornings. Uh, This weekend we'll be hosting the Kings classic, one of two drafts on the channel, 10 a.m., the 1 p.m., but it's 11 a.m., the 1 p.m. Eastern, Saturdays all season long, Sundays to Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Channel 87, and the SXM app. For James Adams, I'm Dan Klaskins. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. Good luck in your drafts, and we'll see you real soon.